This week on the Rep Soto Baseball Podcast, we have David Cobb. He's a pitching coach currently with the University of Florida. He's been a friend of the program, somebody I've been able to talk uh, baseball, pitching development, player development with for the past few years, and a guy I really enjoy having conversations with. So I hope you enjoy listening to BP and I go in depth on player development with David Cobb. David, man, really appreciate you being here and excited to get into uh, some pretty good pitching discussion. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the things that we love to do, especially with guys that have a, a history, not just playing, uh, but also coaching the game, you have a pretty cool journey um, that you've been a part of and obviously now kind of a little bit coming full circle, which I'm sure we'll get to a little bit uh, with University of Florida. Would you mind just going into uh, you know a little bit of background, kind of how you got to where you are now from a playing and coaching career? We could spend some time going through the journey of myself, but I'll try to make it short and sweet. Um, born and raised in South Florida, got an opportunity to play at, at Clemson University, um, had an opportunity to pitch in the College World Series, fortunate enough to get drafted um, in the second round um, by the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, so I know you guys are now based um, out of St. Louis. So St. Louis Cardinals spent some time uh, about five years with St. Louis um, before I was with the Detroit Tigers for two years, uh, played a little bit of independent ball, played in Mexico, played in Puerto Rico, um, parts of nine years traveling um, in the minor leagues and, and some other places. And at that point in time, made a decision to uh, go back to school, finish my degree and kind of got fortunate enough where I got the opportunity to jump into coaching. Didn't really want to know. I didn't really know I wanted to be a coach. Um, but when I jumped into it, it was awesome. I enjoyed it. And um, so then that leads me to my coaching career. Um, started off as like the undergraduate assistant back at Clemson. Spent a year at pitching coach as the pitching coach at Florida Southern in Lakeland, Florida. Um, and then from, from Florida Southern, I went back to my hometown, spent four years at FAU with Coach Mack, and brings me here today to the University of Florida, and this is my first year here. That's awesome, man. Thanks for diving into that. Um, and obviously, being the Rapsodo podcast, we talk a lot of data. We're excited to dive into that with you. Um, but with such a high playing career with Clemson and then pro ball as well, and then now uh, the years of coaching, I'm curious, when were you first introduced to the data side? Was there data collection towards the end of your, your ball career? Or was that more on the coaching side you got introduced? Yeah, really good question. The analytics and the metrics weren't really big when I played. Um, my last year probably being 2015 um, and really sort uh, kind of got introduced when I went back to Clemson um, when I did my uh, undergraduate assistant there and, and started learning about the metrics. Um, there was some player development stuff involved and started learning there how the game and, and you started obviously once, once I was done playing pro ball, that's when really I said to myself at that time, I was 30 years old, 31. I said, man, I need to start learning about this stuff now because whatever, if I want to stay in this game, it's going to be really valuable for me to learn it. So that way I can know it 
myself and be able to communicate it with with players in the future. Yeah, that's cool. I, I remember, uh, I guess not too, too long ago, you reached out to me and we were kind of exchanging via Texas when you were at FAU, um, going over and really kind of dove in on uh, some specific release parameters. You know, pitching 2.0 had come out. We added in some release metrics. We were going back and forth and you were diving in on understanding not just, okay, here's what the data meant, but how do I use this with my players? How do I understand it? Uh, we ended up moving from that to doing like a team's call. And then we had like a PowerPoint that we kind of went over. And that, you know, it may not seem like a lot to a lot of people, but we don't get, I don't get a ton of coaches that do that on a regular basis. Um, we get a lot of coaches that call, especially when they're first getting started. I almost feel like sometimes coaches are afraid to, to call and reach out and talk about what they don't know uh, to go over that. And so I, it struck me, I was excited to be able to do that with you. And one of the things I thought was cool is that you have, you know, you've been using the tech for years at this point. You knew a lot of the data and I felt like had a really robust grasp on what most people know. Uh, and then you were kind of going above and beyond uh, off of that. I guess it's kind of a two-part question uh, with this that I wanted to throw your way. You know, I thought it was cool. What makes you have that mindset of, okay, I didn't know what it was. I'm going to go seek out that information. And then two, with other coaches and even some that may be listening uh, today, I don't know if there's kind of like, a, you know, something that you can kind of say uh, towards that of, you know, better in your craft uh, that yeah. it's always good to learn. No, you hit, you hit it. I, I, it's good to learn for sure. And I consider myself like a lifelong learner. And I think the one thing for me personally is like, you know, I take pride in knowing that I don't know everything and knowing that, that I don't know everything, the yearning to learn more. It's hard for me to explain that. Cause that's just in me as a person. I probably started that when I was young and throughout my career and, at, and what leads me here is, is I want to know more and I want to know, I, I have a passion for getting players better. And the only way that I can get players better is if I know information. And that's what I think would be the message is if you want to get players better, if you're a coach and you care about um, the development and seeing those guys when the lights go off and they they look at you and they're like, oh my God, coach, you this is going to help me. I know this is going to help me. That That's why you should find out information, right? Um, and I think it could be nerve wracking um, for some coaches because it makes you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable. And I think some coaches don't want to be, don't want to be in that arena, but because I like I said, I'm just kind of am who I am. Um, I don't really care if I'm vulnerable because I don't know everything yet. And, and the passion for me to learn more and then give it to my players is what drives me. Um, so maybe that, that will help other coaches in that mindset. Yeah. And that, that's awesome to hear David, because like, like we talked about, you know, you played at a high level college and pro. So you obviously great baseball mind, been around the game your whole life. But the willingness or openness to be able to use tech as you get started on the coaching side and the realization of that, hey, maybe a few data points for each pitcher could help. Maybe a curveball here, maybe a change up here or even release information like Seth said. So it's always awesome to hear uh, because most coaches out there, you know, been around the game their whole lives. They're 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 masters of the game. Uh, but being the open side of technology, we always love having that conversation and hearing. Um, I have a question on the coaching side. When you work with the pitchers, 
Um, maybe you have a player that comes in that's maybe new to Rap Soto, maybe didn't use it at an academy or their high school. Um, where, where's a starting point for you? We talk about baselines. We talk about pitch design. Um, how do you get a player in those first bullpens really started with the tech? It's all about identification for me. Um, that's the first thing. And I think you hit it on the head is like the baseline of things. What does this player present that is a positive? And what is, does this player present that we could work on? I think that once you get some identification from a player that you could, or you get the fingerprint from the player, you could start to maneuver from there. So that's the starting off. Um, it's all about identification for me. And once, and, and even a bullpen or two might not tell you every, all the whole complete story. Um, because then you got to talk about obviously percentage, um, you know, percentage type bullpens, whether this guy's on a 70% pitch pen or hundred percent pitch pen, and those numbers can change too. Um, but for me, getting back to your question, it's just about the beginning is getting the baseline of the fingerprints of this player. I love that idea of identification and it may oversimplify it uh, with the way I'm going to put it, but it's, it is, it's simple. And the idea of every player is going to be a little bit different. Every pitch is going to be a little bit different and have their own sort of identification. So identifying what that is, then you pretty much let the data, let the player, let the, you know, that evaluation essentially kind of tell you what that blueprint and, and plan would be with building, uh, you know, a player development plan uh, for these guys. I always, you know, I have a lot of empathy for college coaches in the sense of there's not a ton of time that they really get to dive in with the players just due to, you know, restrictions from a, from an hour standpoint uh, each week, the, just the idea of the season and the fall. So a lot of player development happens uh, even before they get to campus. And so there's a, a huge jump, you know, from a freshman that ends the year and then you guys get to see him six months later and he may be a completely different kid, uh, whether he, you know, grew, bulked up, uh, whatever it may be and, and put that on. So I'm curious for you too, you know, going back five years ago, to now, what's the difference with the players um, when they're showing up to campus? Guys obviously have a little bit better understanding of the tech. I mean, what's that do for you as a coach uh, with you getting – is that a head start or is it sometimes hurt? I think it could present a little bit of both. I think that players – and I've spoke with this about um, – with other pitching coaches and coaches in general. Players are coming into school more prepared than they've ever been before whether it's they've thrown on a rap soda before, whether it's they've done plyo care before. And it used to be when you go into school, that's where you learn all of the information. You learn, you know, nutrition, you learn the workouts, you learn the tech, you learn or whatever it is. And now the, now a lot of the incoming guys have that. And getting back to what we started before, that's why I think it's very important as a coach to know this information because your players essentially are going to be more prepared than you if 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 you don't know this information, right? And they're going to be able to kind of, um, I, I don't want to say like dictate certain things, but that's where you look in the situation and you say, man, this guy might be right. You know, his slider might be better than his curveball, right? Because he's thrown, you know, whether it pairs better with his fastball and he could tell you that because he's thrown on a rap soda before. Um, and that's where you can get that information. So I think it could be helpful because when we talk about foundations of pitching and the guy comes in and you start to identify things, maybe we can move faster in the development process 
because this guy has already been briefed about what his strengths and his weaknesses are. And maybe get only one conversation instead of five conversations to just develop what his strengths and weaknesses are. So it could be a positive, right? And then also it, you could also get the negative too, because some players can tend to overanalyze things um, where they get too technical and they forget about the normal side of pitching, right? So um, I think it presents positives and obviously it might present negatives as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. When you talk about overanalyzing, you know, obviously when you look at the Rapsodo uh, UI on the iPad, you know, you're seeing a lot of data points. Um, and, you know, we work with the, all the pro clubs and then obviously, you know, high level schools and academies. So I bring that up because there's a lot of elite pitchers throwing. I think it's always amazing to Seth and I how often an elite player that you as a high school kid clearly going power five, clearly going D1, maybe even a draft pick. By getting on and throwing these pins, maybe if it's in the fall, like a pitch design type of time period, how they can change, sharpen, maybe a curveball, for example. Um, so, I, you know, we've got all these you know, high level schools playing it, but I feel like there's always a bit of opportunity somewhere in that arsenal to either sharpen a pitch or maybe even add a pitch. We've worked with some players that, you know, maybe are uh, a power fastball guy. They got away with, you know, a decent off-speed pitch at the high school level. Then they're going to D1 and they see that, you know, maybe that spin rate on the curveball is just like 2,000. And they really have a lot more opportunity to change a mechanic and really pull it down more. Maybe it's a grip thing. So I'm just curious, like, how often you've seen that and being able to, you know, add a pitch for a player or maybe even to sharpen it if it's like a spin axis type of thing. No, I think that's why you use the, inf I think this, that what you're saying is exactly why it, I just, I think it takes a lot of the guesswork out of what you're trying to do. And I think that when you're trying to develop a new pitch, trying to sharpen a pitch, whatever you are tr trying to achieve, um, having the information, number one, eliminates trial and error. Number two gives the pitcher visual learner. Most, most young guys that we get are visual learners. Um, unlike myself, I think I was more of a kinesthetic learner, um, but it gives them um, and it gives, so it gives them the visual um, that where they could see it. And I think it just gives you like instant feedback to maybe the normal bullpen where you stand behind the guy and you say, Hey, that, yeah, that pitch looks good. That, that you do that again. Right. I think in my experience, you squash that time down, you squat and we talk about time. So being able to use your time most effectively, in my opinion, when you want to change spin access, when you want to add a pitch using Rapsodo helps you tremendously to be able to squash down the time in all those points that I just made within that session with your player. Yeah, that makes sense. You talk about kids coming in just better prepared. I'm curious too, I know that you did um, some recruiting uh, where you're at FAU. Um, you know, when you're looking at players, we, we hear from a lot of our pro teams, right? That free agents or guys that they're going to draft, you know, there's always this full makeup uh, done on them. So I would say 95% of the time kid getting drafted or a guy that they're signing free agents, they have their rep soda report. Uh, they know what it is. They know what the player is. And they kind of understand what that maybe ceiling could be on top of that. They use those numbers to evaluate. Is that something you, from a collegiate standpoint, do you, or did that start to trickle into that game as well that you were able to be a little bit better prepared on who you're going to offer? Yeah. So, to be honest, 
um, it hasn't much. Um, but I do think there are times where we have spoke as a staff on when I was at FAU here, here, and you talk about, does that player have something special, um, that he could add to the pitching staff? And sometimes it may, it's probably a pitch that's special, um, you know, or maybe a different arm angle or whatever. Um, so yeah, there, there is, you know, I, I can't sit here and say I've ever truly, um, gotten a kid based off, oh, he's a high spin rate fastball. Um, but there has been times where we've talked about, man, there, this guy's breaking ball special, or there's something that he's doing that's special. And within that percentage that fall in that special category, it could be something in their metrics, um, that, you know, we, we get, we see that and, and we were able to make a decision on him because of that. Yeah. I think that goes back to even what you were talking about with how you train and develop players, you know, part of player development is looking at the numbers uh, and using that. The other part is the other big percentage that's being a, being a pitcher, competing, throwing strikes, the mindset approach, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, not just in player evaluation, but also player development, the metrics and something BP and I are, you know, we're, we're both on the same page here. And when it comes down to it, it's a part of it. We think a very important and crucial part of it to really know and understand and make educated decisions and moves and and put a plan together, but there's a bigger approach um, to the game of baseball. And that's, you know, I think one of the reasons why it makes the sport so special. Yeah, no, I, I think you gotta be at this point, um, you know, understanding that metrics um, are a huge part of the game, but at the same time, you got to learn to marry, you know, the compete, the compete part with the development part and not every bullpen is, you know, is broken down with the rap soda every time, because maybe it's not what that player needs at that moment. And I think it's, that's where the coaching part comes in, right? The coaching part comes in and says, what does my player need at this time? Does he need to work on times to home plate with a runner on first base? And we don't need to worry about, you know, the, the metrics, or are we trying to pitch design and trying to tighten up the slider a little bit. What does this guy specifically need? And that's where getting back to what we were saying, it's just important for a coach to prepare themselves in case of anyone, in case they are trying to pitch design. So that way you have the information and you could, you can maneuver accordingly. Yeah, definitely make, makes a ton of sense with that. Uh, one thing I think would be good for to share with our coaches is uh, we have our new diamond app, something we're really excited about at Rapsodo. And you mentioned a couple of times, David, about um, like intent or different times of the year uh, when they're throwing. I think something important that I, I thought it'd be a good time to share is that we do have the sessions now to be able to say, hey, this is a rehab bullpen. Maybe a guy coming off TJ. This is a pitch design bullpen. So like you said, I'm tightening the slider today. I don't want these averages to go to my full velocity and spin rate of my slider. And then full intent um, and other sessions like that. So we're trying to take it a step further at Rapsodo. So that when a player is looking at the reports or the coaches are looking at reports to evaluate a player, you can just jump on the cloud and say, hey, this we want to see full intent when you're facing. Maybe that's when you're only on live on live or you're just on the, you know, the dirt with your spikes on throwing full intent. What is your curveball spinning at? What's your strike zone percentage when you're throwing to a hitter? That's one thing I just wanted. I thought it could be good for some coaches to hear um, that we have added that in so that you can just take a look at that full intent. Because in the past with 1.0 and the 2.0 app uh, to where, you know, it could kind of get all in one to where there was some 
warm-up bullpens, kind of some ramping up bullpens that get mixed in. So that's one thing I'm personally excited about is being able to splice up that data. Yeah. I actually saw that before, you know, we were talking, I was going on the iPad and looking and I actually saw that you guys got a, did a really good job. There's a bunch of new features on here that I'm looking forward to checking out and learning, probably reach out to Seth a few more times, try to figure out the rest of this stuff. Hey, we don't mind. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Uh, You know, a little, just transitioning a little bit to your role now um, with Florida. Florida is obviously you know, his historic program. And I think the one thing Sully and the coaching staff there have done, you know, well from an outsider's perspective, right. That just being a fan of baseball that we see, they teach a really good job of, you know, with approach and with mindset and kind of feel and understanding what that is. <clears throat> Not that that contradicts or goes against using data and metrics, but it is a, it's a philosophy that they've kind of used there. When you think about bringing in the analytics and kind of world through it and adding in the metrics, how do you kind of walk that tightrope a little bit? How do you balance both? I think that's something that a lot of coaches maybe feel like they need to compete. Uh, like, you know, this side pushes that side. We don't think that way. We think of it as a complimentary piece to just say, there's nothing wrong with that approach. We're not asking anybody to change that approach. It's more so, okay, I understand that, but how can I make this help educate my decisions even better uh, on what I'm doing there? I'm just curious from your perspective, as that's obviously something you're going to have to kind of walk through now. Yeah. You never want to change your core values, right? You still, we're still have our core values and the foundations of what we believe in and how we get pitchers better. And like you said, we're, you know, we're able to use the, the data as um, a comp- a complementary thing. And if we're able to help one guy, one extra guy or two or whatever it is, then it, then it's worth it. So, um, you know, it, that's where it comes back to marrying the two together is understanding your core values while also allowing something else to, to help your program. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, um, you know, it's something that we talk about with coaches and, and something that I, I feel like is an important piece that we don't always get to is that there sometimes can be hesitancy, like we mentioned before, around not only learning it, but also implementing something. And we would encourage folks as one of the new uh, kind of pieces of the of the membership is adding in a little bit more of that hands-on approach. You mentioned you reaching out to me and asking questions about the Diamond app. That's something just as a coach in general, it doesn't have to be a you know big full-blown coaches seminar. It can be small things. It can be little chunks, little little bits, little insights. Uh, you know how to use the app more efficiently. Uh, you know, we talk about adding in like auto pitch tagging or something like that. To your point earlier in a bullpen, you don't have to sit there and look at the iPad anymore and, and tell it which pitch is coming and know that it just let it run. You can coach as a coach and you can look at the insights later. Those little things, that's something we're always cognizant of. That's one of the things I, I think we're maybe most proud of. I know I am from a, a product development standpoint. We're all guys that have either played or coached or whatever that is. So we have that insight uh, and we understand we're trying to build tools obviously to help players get better, but more so we know the coaches are the ones that really need to use this and implement it. And a Rapsodo doesn't do much if you don't have a coach there to implement it and run it, right? It's just, a, it'll just sit there uh, and, and it's not going to make anybody better. And our whole goal is to empower coaches and athletes. So that's one of the things that we always have kind of on the forefront of product development um, for us. So it's cool to hear you kind of talk about it and understand that's a, you know, a pain point of yours is, you know, how do you get as much time as you possibly can with the players so you can make as big an impact as you can on their lives. Yeah. That the cool, the cool piece or one of the pieces obviously is that you don't, 
you could just have it sitting there and then let the player throw. And then you could go look at it after and then call the player in the next day. Right. You don't have to throw a pitch and look at it and throw a pitch and look at it. And sometimes that gets a little bit misconstrued. Like every single pitch is going to take 30 seconds and ruin the timing of the pitcher. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it that day. You know, there's plenty of bullpens where we just throw the rap sodas there and, um, I go back with the player development guy or whoever and look at it after and say, Hey, did anything change there? Did we do anything? You know, we, he went stretch only for that pen. Did it change the, you know, the, the axis of the slider or was it harder? Or was it softer? And then we might sit, not say anything to the player. And then I might bring in the player and, you know, the next day. And, and so that's one of the cool features about it is that you can implement, you could, you could in pen coach and you could post pen coach. And that's one of the cool parts about it. I like yeah. that. We're, I'm going to steal that one. In pin coach and uh, after oh, pin yeah. coach, that, that makes a lot of sense. I even think of too, like the the new Diamond app, obviously having the mobile app uh, that comes into it. So now when that you know data can be synced, you can immediately let a kid know. And they get access to it a little bit more like empowering for the player themselves. They can kind of check it out and understand what that looks like and, and know their data. So that's cool. For sure. And, and David, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned like visual learners. Um, how often, I'm curious, do you guys, do you guys do a lot with video? Uh, I know personally, like I, I pitched at a smaller school, uh, but when I pitched uh, and I got started through Absoto, I actually saw some things when I would throw and we get the, you know, like the iPad behind the hand and realize, wow, I, it, you know, I'm seeing 130 on the app, you know, kind of splitting the vertical break and horizontal break. It really feels like I'm more over the top, but I really am spinning that, you know, more three quarters. Like, do you do much of that with the athletes, like in your, in your past with pitchers to where do you get much video and does that connect some dots for the players sometimes? Yes. Every pen we throw, every in-game, every live is documented on video. The players in the past, um, I've done it where we've made – Google Drive accounts, which is very simple, and you could just sync it to their Google Drive account. Um, here at, at Florida, um, we have a video room, and the kids are know what time the video room is, and they I can either say, "Hey, we're going to meet at one o'clock," or they can ask me. I actually got to meet with a player in about an hour uh, to go to go over some things. You know, very simple stuff like set position, right? Like. He thought he was setting lower than what I was explaining to him. And like going back to being a kinesthetic learner or a visual learner, he, I want him to see what I was talking about, right? And video, um, rap soto, all this stuff is objective state of view, viewpoints. Here, you think you throw a slider, but let's go look at the numbers. You could, you could see it like, this is not a, this is not a true, this is not a true slider. You know, you think you're setting here, but you're really not. So yes, I think it's valuable to, um, to use video because I actually did this one year. Um, and I thought it was, I got this idea from somebody else. I actually tested the players to see what kind of learners that they were. And I had all but one, all but one was a visual learner, all but one. Um, so I think that now in the day and age that with, a with players, they have so much access to the internet. They're on their phones, computers, iPads, like it's very tough for them. They've been pre 
you know, that everything has been done before they've gotten to school to be a visual learner. And so I think that if you come to college and all of a sudden you try to change that uh, about them, um, now, do I think they need to be kinesthetic learners at times? Yes, they need to be able to be out on the mound and make adjustments um, and they're going to have to know themselves. But that's where as a coach, you have to kind of teach teach them that point. That's cool. That makes a lot of sense. Marrying kind of, you know, you understand what, if, what it feels like for the player uh, when he can then visually see it and then also see the outcome and the data um, that kind of putting all three things together, um, you know, no matter what kind of learner he is, that's going to be, you know, one of those things that's going to hit him yeah. um, with that. So that's kind of nice. I'm I curious. Think that, not, not to interrupt, but. No, go ahead. The main thing for me is we are trying to get players better as fast as we can possibly get them better. Right. Whatever tools that we could use to help that system needs to be put in place, right? Like that's the goal of a coach to help get your players better. I say the goal, obviously on the player development side, the goal is we want them to be good, nice young men, right? And, or women. And we want them to also to throw hundred miles an hour and have banger breaking balls. Um, but that's, that comes secondary, right? We want them to be good people. That's the goal of a coach. So I don't want to make this like it's all player development, but when we're talking about being a coach and your player, we are trying to get them to make the most of who they are as a player, right? So for me as a coach, I want to use the tools that help me get that player to where I need him to go very fast, right? So, you know, all these things that we're talking about, I have used in my experience to help me do that, right? And that's that's the value of the of the tech. Yeah. I mean, that, that at the end of the day, that's the goal, right? Is uh player development. And at the end of the day, that's the, that's the kid's goal too. I think that's, what's nice, right. Is that they're coming there. You go to a place like Florida, you expect one, obviously what an awesome, you know, atmosphere and everything they get to play at, but two, I mean, they're expecting good coaching. They're expecting to get better as a person, as an athlete, et cetera. I mean, that, that makes sense. Uh, and, and I think it hits home. Um, you know, I remember, um, uh, changing subjects a little bit, but, you know, we're from Indianapolis originally and obviously grew up in the Peyton Manning uh, era. And I heard him talking and he was talking about how much film he watched and uh, what it was. And he said, all I was looking for is that, you know, 1%, you know, I knew everybody around me was great and I knew everybody I was facing was great, but how can I get that edge that can better the edge? If I can watch one more hour of film and I'm going to find one thing on one guy that I can exploit that next week, like that may be the difference uh, within that. And that, you know, really kind of takes home to, player development, it's that preparation, it's understanding, you know, what, what could make that person 1% better. And maybe that is his, you know, his fastball, he's cutting it and he's leaving an inch of rise uh, out there and he's, and he's not getting a hundred percent efficient out of that pitch and he can, and he can get more, you know, that player has that in him that's within there. And then it's kind of your job and, and the coach's job to be able to say, okay, this is, you know, your kind of God-given ability. This is what we built you up to do. Here's how we can make a small side adjustment that may make you miss a barrel by, you know, another centimeter, which means it's a pop out instead of a home run. I mean, it's, it's a game of not even inches, right. It's a game of millimeters. uh, And that's what we're talking about. Players getting better to hopefully help win you baseball games. Right. And that's what everybody's trying to do is, you know, win baseball games. 
Definitely. I know that uh, BP is actually going to be down in Florida. We work really closely with the, uh, with the Florida uh, softball uh, team. And so they're going to be down there running one of the camps, uh, which is another really cool thing that they do. They put on a, an awesome camp uh, down there. And then there's so many girls that are going to get to come and it uh, may be a little bit behind on the softball space of just the girls being exposed to the data um, as it is from a baseball side, but we're starting to see those numbers grow and programs like Florida getting involved and having it at their camps is a huge thing. Uh, so it's great. I, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, we mentioned you have a, a great opportunity where you coached and played, but I mean, I don't know if anything's going to top uh, the new kind of Mecca that you guys have down there. What an awesome facility. Uh, what's that been like you know, getting into the new digs and, uh, and being a part of that? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's been great. I, I'm fortunate because I just like, we, I just walked into it. Um, they just opened it 2020 and now I'm here. So I'm still, you know, coming from, the places I've been, I, I'm just, uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's, I'm blown away. It's, it's awesome every day to show up. Everything's brand new. Yeah. Every, all the resources that you need. Um, if it ever rains you, in Florida, you always got to worry about rain and how you're going to maneuver things and everything stays on schedule. Um, everything's that, you know, the, the, the lab that's, that's here, um, is fantastic, um, that we're able to utilize the tech and the TVs and the cameras. And I mean, it's, um, it's Disneyland for, for, um, for kids. Um, and, and it's awesome. So looking forward to being able to maximize the, the potential of the resources that we are uh, fortunate to have here at Florida. Awesome. Well, Coach, we can't thank you enough. Appreciate you joining us. It's been fun uh, to do it again. If you have any questions, you know, you got my number. Reach out. We're happy to help. I'm sure you'll hear from me a few times. (laughs) All right. Okay. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks everybody again for listening. We appreciate you being a part of it. Uh, you know, if you like what we're doing, please like, please subscribe. I mean, sure you download and even share the podcast with family and friends. We appreciate it. Uh, and if you have questions, we'd love to get you involved and be a part of the podcast too. Make sure you hit us up on the hashtag RepSoto Podcast. See you guys.